Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome, listener. I'm glad you're here. Take a seat next to the fire. any injuries whereabouts have you been stabbed no not me the neighbors the neighbors been stabbed by who by me i've stabbed both of them are they still conscious and breathing i don't think so no what's your name colin reeves on the afternoon of sunday november 21st 2021 the beautiful town of torrenton in somerset northwest england held its annual christmas light switch on Families arrived in the town center with their young children to watch as the bright festive lights came to life, lighting up the buildings around them. It's a tradition many families enjoy together each year, but that day marked the end of family life for two families in 2021 in a small village called Norton Fitzwarren, just outside Torton. A haze of extreme explosive violence would result in two people losing their lives young children left orphaned, and one man facing criminal trial for double murder. Let's get on with it. Not long after 9 p.m. on that Sunday night, in the sleepy new-build development of Dragon Rise, the backdoor security light of Jennifer and Stephen Chapel's home flicked on. Their two boys, aged five and six years old, had been put to bed hours before and were sleeping soundly upstairs. 36-year-old Stephen was a well-loved IT teacher at West Somerset College. It was a secondary school in Minehead in Somerset, 23 miles away from his home in Dragon Rise. His wife, 33-year-old Jennifer, worked as a customer service advisor at the coffee shop of the popular Otter Garden Center in Norton Fitzwarren. At that time on a Sunday night, They were probably thinking about preparing for bed themselves. They had no idea what was about to explode into their homes. Seconds after the security light illuminated their backyard, surrounded by neatly painted brown fence panels, a man's voice screeched out into the night. Terrified screams would follow. For five to ten seconds, the screams continued to shrill and echo before silence replaced them. 
It was a terrifying silence. Sean Hunt lived next door to the chapels. He knew the couple. They were friendly and chatty. There was never anything like this coming from their home before. He sent a text message to Jennifer asking if she was alright. He didn't get a response. He sent another message, this time to Tim and Emma Slocomb, who were also neighbors of the chapels, to see if they had heard the screams and knew what was going on. All three came out of their homes and walked a few paces to the chapel's front door. Sean spotted a tissue on the pavement covered in what looked like blood. Emma began knocking on the chapel's front door, feeling more and more uneasy. When no one answered and she could hear no noise from inside, she tried the door handle. It was unlocked. She stepped inside and into the living room of the home, her husband close behind her. In front of them lay a scene of bloodshed. Jennifer was slumped on the couch, silent and not moving. As Emma repeatedly called her name, she began registering the pools of blood around and on her body. Tim ran over to Stephen Chapel, who was lying on the floor closer to the back door. He too was covered in blood. As Tim reached out to check for a pulse, Emma rang 999, desperate to get some help for her neighbors. Moments later, a man who neither of them knew ran through the front door. He looked at the scene and began to shout for everyone to get out of the house. He was angry and aggressive. Tim tried to tell him they needed to help these people. The man told him there was no point. The couple were already dead. The man snatched the phone from Emma's hand and began shouting at the ambulance dispatcher, demanding to know where they were and why they were taking so long to arrive. Emma and Tim backed out of the house, shocked and traumatized at what they had just witnessed. Jennifer and Stephen Chappell's two sons were upstairs in the house, woken by the commotion downstairs as their parents' killer had entered their home. They were too young to have any idea what they were listening to. They would be found distressed, but physically unhurt moments later by police officers and medical personnel as they flooded Dragon Rise. Immediately to the right of Chapel's home was the house of Colin Reeves and his wife Kaylee. They also had two young children. Colin was a lorry driver after leaving the highly regarded 24 Commando Unit of the Royal Army in 2017. Earlier that day, he had taken his daughters to the Christmas lights switch-on with his mom and sister. They had all enjoyed the trip, and once back home at about 5 p.m., Colin had put his daughters to bed. There were tensions between Colin and Kaylee. They had been getting worse in recent months. Kaylee had been home that night, and they had argued after the children were in bed. They hadn't been getting on. They were snappy with each other, short-tempered, quick to argue. Kaylee had become increasingly unhappy in the marriage. She was wondering whether they should have a break and some time apart to assess what they really wanted. They did not enjoy living in Dragon Rise. It was a small estate that was friendly and neighborly. Two rows of neatly painted attached homes sat facing each other, with a small patch of front garden and a designated parking space each. 
painted a bright white with a small decorative door overhang above each front door. They were modern houses, perfect for small families. The parking, or lack of it, was one area that frustrated the residents of this cozy development. Each home had just one located parking space outside their door, but many families had more than one vehicle. This meant residents often had to park on the road or, if their cars were small, try to squeeze both into one parking spot, nose to tail. Both the Reeves family and the chapels had a car each and were able to park outside their own houses easily. At the end of 2020, Jennifer Chapel passed her driving test and excitedly got her own car. The chapels went from a one-car household to a two-car, and suddenly, parking became a little more complicated. The two families initially got on very well with each other. Both had children, and Kaylee and Jennifer would bump into each other on the school run. During the COVID lockdown in 2020, they would exchange text messages about the school and the children, helping each other out where they could. By May 2021, however, the relationship had soured, and now there was tension, distrust, harsh words being thrown. The parking situation at Dragon Rise and Jennifer, now having her own car, was at the center of these rows. No one could have predicted how this would come to play a role in the appalling events that would occur less than a year later. On the night of November 21st, at around 8 p.m., Kaylee told Colin she wanted a two-week trial separation. She had had enough of the rows and the tension, the fights. She felt that things needed to change. This was not news he wanted to hear. As Kaylee watched television upstairs, Colin sat on the stairs and cried before going downstairs to the living room. Less than an hour later, Kaylee would hear screams ring out from the chapel's home next door. Startled and confused, she went downstairs and into her living room. Colin wasn't there. On the floor was a display frame that usually sat pride of place on the wall of that room. Inside were some pictures of Colin from his army days. In 2010, he had undertaken and passed the grueling 13-week all-armed commando course to achieve his greatly respected Green Beret. Passing those tests and becoming a Royal Marine Commando was no easy feat. With those images inside the frame was a ceremonial dagger given to him when he left the army. The dagger was the emblem of the commandos. As Kaylee looked at the remnants of the frame on the floor, she could see the dagger was missing and she knew the implications. Panicked at what her husband might have done, she called his mom, Lynn Reeves, telling her about the screams, about the dagger, and that her husband wasn't in the house. Moments after she hung up, Colin walked in the back door. He had a glazed look in his eye. His hands were covered in blood. He grabbed the house phone, went into the living room, and he shut the door behind him. You're through to the police. What's the location of your emergency? Uh, I've stabbed right, neighbor's that? husband and the mother. Right, where are you at the moment? Dragon Rise. Okay. Rise, is that Dragon Rise? Yes. Alright, okay, where did the incident happen? Sorry? Where did the incident happen? 
Um, dragon wise. All right, okay. And are you safe at the moment? Yes. All right, have you got any injuries? Whereabouts have you been stabbed? No, not me, the neighbours. The neighbours been stabbed by who? By me. By you? Yes. Right, okay. And where are they? Are they in their house? Yes. All right, stay on the line for me, okay. How bad are the injuries? Uh, they've both been stabbed. Right, okay. Times. Several times. All right, stay on the line for me, okay. Are you in your house on your own? No, I'm with my wife, my children in bed. All right, okay. All right, tell me exactly what's happened. Tell me exactly what's happened. Take a deep breath. I went round. Yep. With a knife. Okay. And I've stabbed both of them. All right, how many times? Uh, I don't know, a couple of times each, not two or three times each, maybe. Okay. Are they still conscious and breathing? I don't think so, no. Okay. Okay, are you at home now? Yes. And are they males or females? One male, one female. Okay. All right, stay on the phone to me, okay? What's your name? Colin Reeves. All right, Colin. How are you spelling your surname? R-W-E-V-E-S. All right. And did you say your wife is with you? Sorry? Did you say your wife is with you? Yes. All right. What kind of knife did you use? It was a dagger. Okay. All right, just stay on the line for me, okay? We're going to get some help out there as soon as we can. All right. Stay on the line for me, okay? Okay. How long ago did this happen? Uh, about 20 minutes. All right. All right, Colin, just stay on the line to me, okay? We're going to get some help out there. So you stabbed them both several times? Yes. Where's the knife now? It's in my house. Okay. All right. You've done the right thing by calling us, okay? All right, just down the line for me. Just getting some details down on the log, okay? What happened when you left? What was what was their situation when you left? They were both, oh, she was lying on the floor. She was she was lying on the sofa. Right, okay. And were they awake? Were they...? No, I think they were sort of drifting. And what room are they in? In the living room. Okay. While Kaylee was upstairs watching TV, Colin Reeves had carefully removed his dagger from the frame on the wall and left his house by the back door. CCTV camera footage would show him climbing up and over the panel fence that separated his backyard from the chapel's next door. The chapel's security camera captured their killer creeping toward their back door. He was crouched low and moved quietly and carefully, setting off the motion sensor security light as he approached. The chapel's black and white cat, startled by the sudden bright light, darted away from the door and down the length of the garden in panic. In Colin's hand is a large dagger, at the back door, he moves the handle downward, 
the door opens and he burst into their home. The audio recording caught his cries as he charged the unsuspecting couple. Die, fuckers, die. He screamed as he began to stab them over and over again. Jennifer Chapel did not have time to get to her feet from the sofa before she was attacked. She was stabbed six times to her shoulder and upper chest. Her heart and a major blood vessel, both impaled by the knife as Reeves plunged it repeatedly into her body. Stephen Chapel was also stabbed six times. He was close to the back door when he was attacked, unable to reach safety. When the couple were no longer moving or showing any signs of life, Colin Chapel had left their home, climbed back over to his own garden, and in through the back door. While Colin was in the living room on the phone to the emergency services, Kaylee had called Lynn back horrified at what was happening. Lynn and Colin's dad, Brian, rushed around to their son's home. The 999 call with Colin lasted over 10 minutes before emergency services could get to Dragon Rise. Colin was heard on the recording telling his mom in the background he couldn't let them torment Kaylee anymore. In that time, Brian Reeves had gone next door himself to see what had happened in total disbelief at what his son was saying. It was Brian who had entered the chapel's home while Emma and Tim were there and shouted at them to leave. When paramedics arrived, they immediately began trying to save the lives of Jennifer and Stephen. Their wounds were deep, extensive. Both had lost a lot of blood. They were barely hanging on to life. Next door at the Reeves' home, the police brought Colin outside to place him under arrest. As he was let out the front door with emergency vehicles, blue lights flashing and activity behind him at the chapel home, Brian Reeves was on their heels. Colin can be heard telling him to go back inside. After his arrest at the scene, Colin was taken to the custody suite of the police station When asked, he gave his name as Lance Corporal Reeves before stating his service number. He appeared confused and unsure why he was there. The custody officer did his best to explain to him exactly why he had been placed under arrest. Put your hands up. Make him. You? Go in the house. Put your hands up. Hold still. Hold still. Listen, you're under arrest at the minute on the attempted murder of two people inside the address next door. Do you understand? Okay. Let's walk over here a minute, out the way. Can you guys just... All right, that's fine, we'll sort it. What's your name? Colin. Colin. Why are you on here? So, the allegation is that this evening, two people have been stabbed, okay, and have subsequently died, and you have called the police to say that you have stabbed two people. And so, because they're dead, you've been arrested on suspicion of murder. That's, that's why you're here. There's probably a lot to take in right now. Just doing my job. Okay. Do you need to speak to a custody nurse about anything in particular, anything medical that you need to speak to a nurse about? 
What's that? Confused. Why am here? Brian Reeves had also been arrested at the scene, with reports from the neighbors of his aggressive behavior inside the crime scene. Officers at that point didn't know who was involved in this horrific stabbing and who wasn't. Jennifer and Stephen Chappell's injuries were too severe for them to survive, and they were pronounced deceased at the scene. Loving and happy couple, and parents to two young boys who had been viciously murdered inside their own home while their sons lay asleep upstairs. Two innocent children were now orphans, never to see their mom and dad again. At the police station, Colin Reeves' clothes had been carefully removed for forensic testing, and his fingerprints had been taken. He was now with investigating officers in an interview room for a formal interview about what had happened at Dragon Rise. The camera mounted high in the corner of the room, pointed at the seat now occupied by Colin, in a gray police-issued tracksuit, replacing the black t-shirt and jeans he was wearing. Colin sat forward, head bowed with his elbows on his knees. He didn't look up as the officer began to question him. At the final question, his hands moved to cover his face as he offered a mumbled and almost inaudible, no comment. On Thursday, November 25, 2021, four days after the murders, Reeves was led into Taunton Magistrate's Court to face two charges of murder for Jennifer and Stephen Chapel. In the two-minute hearing, the charges were read and Reeves spoke to confirm his name. The following day, he appeared at Exeter Crown Court via video link charged with the murders. His lawyers made no application for bail knowing it would not be granted. Judge Peter Johnson listened to the facts of the case and remanded Reeves into custody at HMP Exeter. A Category B men's prison is the holding prison for men awaiting trial are already sentenced in the four counties of Northwest England. HMP Exeter has in the past been noted for violence, high levels of self-harm, and suicide with assaults commonplace. He was marked for independent review in 2019. If Reeves were to be convicted of his charges, he would likely be sent to this prison to serve the entirety of his sentence. Relatives and friends of the chapels set up a crowdfunding page for them after they were killed to support their family and their children. By Christmas that year, the first one of the children would spend without their parents. The page had raised 22,000 pounds. Five days later, Jennifer's funeral was held. In May 2022, a hearing at Winchester Crown Court saw Colin Reeves admit manslaughter, but plead not guilty to murder by reason of diminished responsibility. A partial psychiatric defense, this plea would rely on his defense team being able to prove he was suffering an abnormality of mental functioning at the time of the murders. Diminished responsibility has a high threshold, and it would not be an easy defense to win. The prosecuting barrister, Adam Feast, QC, has held the prestigious silk title since 2016, and as a senior Queen's counsel, he is an experienced and capable criminal barrister. He indicated to the judge he did not accept Reeves' plea, 
and would be taking the case to trial the following month. As June slowly came around, it's impossible to imagine how the families of Jennifer and Stephen were preparing themselves for the trial of the man who took their lives. So many unanswered questions coupled with immense grief must leave a sea of emotions incredibly painful to comprehend. On Wednesday, June 8th, the trial of Colin Reeves began in Bristol Crown Court. It had been seven months since Reeves charged into the chapel's home with a dagger. Now he sat in the courtroom faced with the families of Jennifer and Stephen, knowing his fate would soon be decided. His barrister was also a QC. Jennifer Martin took silk in 2018 and held an equally impressive background in criminal law as her opposing counsel for the prosecution. She would be arguing that Colin Reeves was guilty of manslaughter, not murder, claiming he suffered PTSD from his time in the army. It was triggered on that night. His state of mind, she would argue, was significantly impaired. She would also call the defendant himself to the stand to explain his actions. After opening statements by both sides, the first witnesses were called to describe the events of that night. The chapel's neighbors, Tim and Emma Slocomb and Sean Hart, told the jury about the screaming they heard and the terrible scene they found inside the chapel's living room. Kaylee Reeves also gave evidence. She did so via video link from another room in the courthouse. Unable to face being inside the courtroom itself, the trauma of the last seven months for her and their two young daughters must have also been deeply distressing. The man she loved as her husband had carried out the most brutal attack on their next-door neighbors. From the moment he was arrested for their murder, she has also tried to deal with the fallout. Kaylee told the jury what happened on the night of the murders. She was able to tell them what was happening inside of her home around Collins' 999 call. She explained how she had told him she wanted a trial separation less than an hour before he had crept over the fence and entered Jennifer and Stephen's home. Cross-examined by Joanna Martin QC, she was questioned about Collins' mental health since he returned from active duty in Afghanistan. Kaylee described a man who was changed by that tour of duty. He didn't talk about what happened, but he was different when he returned home. In recent years, he had struggled with crowds of people and told her of dark thoughts he often had while in the cab of the lorry. He now drove for a living. He told her he felt he was on camera in the cab, that he was being watched all the time. He had put cameras up around their home and covered the camera on his mobile phone. He had become increasingly frustrated with the chapels and where Jennifer was parking her car outside. The two families' parking spaces sat immediately next to each other, outside their homes. They were vertical spaces allowing residents to swing their cars and noses pointing at their front door, the rear of their cars at the roadside. Jennifer was parking her car on the road, either sitting behind her husband's or sometimes in front of the small garden patch closer to the Reeves' home, depending on where there was a space. It was parking that infuriated Colin at times, obstructing his parking space and making his parking difficult. On November 11, 10 days before the murders, Jennifer's door camera captured Colin approaching Jennifer as she returned home at 5.15 in the evening. 
He's the one who started it, so f off. Well, detective came and knocked on the door and I said is it Renee and he just gave me that solemn look it was the worst day ever the proof podcast is back with a new case and a new season 23 years ago 18 year old Renee Ramos went missing her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town I don't think that they arrested the right people it's about time somebody's trying to do something she had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered they are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Reeves had stepped outside his home to abuse Jennifer as she walked from her car to her front door. When Jennifer went inside, Kaylee can be heard asking what he was doing before an argument ensues between them. It was footage that gave a clear indication of the level of tension between Reeves and the chapels. It would become a horrible precursor to a much more vicious and physical attack less than two weeks later. Kaylee told the court she was keen for Colin to seek help for how he was feeling. He was worried that if he started medication, he wouldn't be able to drive and lose his job. Seeking help and speaking with a doctor was not something Colin wanted to do. Lynn Reeves also took the stand and described to the jury how her son had witnessed domestic violence in the family home growing up, carried out by his father, Brian Reeves. No charges had resulted from his arrest at this scene. Once police had confirmed he didn't arrive at Dragon Rise until after the murders, summoned by Kaylee's frantic phone call. On the fourth day of the trial, Colin Reeves slowly walked around from the dock and into the witness stand, as all eyes in the courtroom fell onto him as he told the jury he had no memory of his attack on Jennifer and Stephen. He remembered sitting on the stairs of his home upset after his wife had told him she wanted a trial separation. He felt like he was losing his family. He told the court he didn't remember taking the dagger from its frame on the wall or making his way into the garden and over the fence into the chapel's home. The last thing he did remember, he said, was the bright white illumination of their security light. He remembered being down on one knee and thinking he had been compromised and seen. White lights coming on like that in Afghanistan always meant something was about to happen, he told the jury. He said he thought that the light had been a trigger for him back in his military days and time in Afghanistan. Colin Reeves tried to express his remorse over what he had done, 
before his lawyers questioned him on his training. His comments were read by a reporter from ITV News after his testimony. I feel ashamed, disgusted with myself at what I've done. To have taken Stephen and Jennifer's life while their children slept in bed, I can't imagine the pain and suffering that the friends and family have been suffering. Knowing they're two boys, knowing they can never see their mum and dad again because of me. I've always felt ashamed to talk to anyone about my feelings, mental state or thoughts, because I always thought it was a sign of weakness. But now I'm more ashamed for not talking or seeking help for what I've done. His barrister asked, were you trained to kill? Colin Reeves said, yes. How were you trained to kill? Firing weapons, shooting, close quarters combat, bayonet training. The dagger which was in the frame, were you ever taught to use that? No, it would have been used during World War II. It's always been an emblem of the commandos. You were trained to kill prior to the 21st of November. Had you ever killed anyone? No, he replied. Most often in a criminal trial, the prosecution is trying to prove their case against a defendant. Prove they are guilty of the crime they've been charged with. For Colin Reeves, his trial was very different. He had admitted to killing Jennifer and Stephen Chapel, but his plea to murder was not guilty by reason of diminished responsibility. This immediately flips the burden of proof. It was now the defense who had to prove their case. Diminished responsibility is a defense that reduces the charge of murder to one of manslaughter. It says that an abnormality of the mind was in play during the crimes committed, and that translated to a reduced responsibility for the defendant's actions. Colin Reeves had to prove his mind was significantly altered when he murdered the chapels. He had to prove his PTSD was not only present and severe, but that it was triggered at the time of these murders and was the cause of his actions and abnormality of his mind. That it impaired his ability to reason and think clearly and rational. Reeves had to prove his PTSD caused him to murder his neighbors in the manner that he did. The testimony of the psychiatrist would be the focus of this trial. These medical doctors are trained in analyzing the human mind when it breaks and begins to function abnormally. Forensic psychiatrists specialize in the criminal mind. They are experts in the complex and fluid interactions between mental health and criminal behavior and what happens when they collide with each other. The prosecution called consultant forensic psychiatrist Dr. John Sanford to the stand, a long-standing expert witness who is well-respected in his field. After assessing Reeves, he diagnosed a mild depression. Colin could function normally, go to work and engage in family life, and his symptoms did not, in his opinion, cross the threshold to meet diminished responsibility. For the defense, consultant forensic psychiatrist Dr. Lucy Bacon testified about her assessment and conclusions after seeing Colin in person in HMP Exeter. She diagnosed a moderate depression but did not think he was suffering from complex PTSD. This is a much more severe form of PTSD that can significantly impair an individual from functioning in their daily lives. When asked about Colin's state of mind during the murders, Dr. Bacon stated that she thought Colin might have regressed into army mode, both during the killings and at the police station when he gave his military rank and number. Both psychiatrists agreed there was mild to moderate depression and both felt he was able to function in his everyday life with his job and family. Where they disagreed was if the depression played a part in the murders. Dr. Bacon thought it was relevant, but not a cause of the killings, 
Dr. Sanford felt that depression was not involved in Collins' actions that night at all. In a blow to the defense, both psychiatrists, including their own expert witness, Dr. Bacon, did not believe the symptoms experienced by Reeves at the time he carried out these murders crossed the threshold for diminished responsibility to apply. On June 16th, day 7 of the trial, defense barrister Joanna Martin QC stood to deliver her statement. She wanted to highlight to the jury the number of questions that remained about Collins' actions. Why would a sober man suddenly stab his neighbor to death while not only their children slept upstairs, but while his own children slept next door? Why call the police to confess? How can that possibly be a man who is in control? Colin Reeves believed wrongly that the only way to protect his family was to stab Jennifer and Stephen Chapel. He wasn't thinking rationally at that moment, was he? How was stabbing the neighbors going to protect his family? He clearly lost his ability to exercise self-control. His actions were out of character. In respect to his mental health issues, Dr. Sanford said Mr. Reeves, quote, just soldiered on. And literally, he did. Despite all his training, he couldn't control the deterioration of his mental health. He needed help. You can answer yes to the question, did Colin Reeves suffer from a recognized medical condition and it's certain on the balance of probabilities that his depression was having an effect on his ability to think clearly. You know that on the night of November 21st, after the row with Kaylee, Colin Reeves sat on the stairs crying. Something shifted in his brain. It must have done to make him that irrational. It must be right that his army training kicked in. Adam Feast QC had the final word for the prosecution. He wanted to leave no doubt in the jury's mind of Collins' intent that night and the control he had over his actions. He spoke of how Chapel's security light could not have been the trigger for Collins' actions, as he was already inside their garden with the dagger at the moment the light activated. He highlighted that there was no record in Collins' military file of frontline combat to support his claims of flashbacks. He did serve in Afghanistan guarding prisoners, and there was evidence to support a change in him on his return. His experience during that tour of duty had left an impact on him. We don't know what he witnessed or had to do during his time there, but there was no evidence of anything during that tour that could explain his actions and attacks on the chapels in November 2021. Mr. Feast described Collins' calm and controlled 999 call and how this displayed a man able to remember details about what he had done and what conditions he left his victims in. He believed the motive for these murders was the ongoing tension over the parking row at the chapels. Colin disliked how he felt Jennifer was treating Kaylee. Quote, There is no dispute in this case that the defendant armed himself with a deadly weapon, climbed the fence into the neighbor's garden, went to their living room and stabbed them to death. Look at the careful way he removed the dagger from its frame so as to not spoil the picture. Look at how he chose a killing weapon rather than a kitchen knife. Look at the way he stealthily crept across his neighbor's garden so as to avoid detection. In the moments after the killing, this defendant clearly did remember what had happened, what he had done, and why he had done it. He killed the chapels for a reason. And he knew what that was, and he said it. He couldn't let them, 
her torment Kaylee anymore. In this case, the evidence does not support that the defendant was suffering from diminished responsibility in killing Jennifer and Stephen Chapel. Whatever issues he experienced since leaving the army, his state of mind on November 21st was not substantially impaired. At 10 a.m. on the morning of June 17, 2022, the jury were sent out to consider their verdict. They returned less than five hours later confirming they had a verdict in which they all agreed. They found Colin Reeves guilty of murder for killing Jennifer and Stephen Chapel. Reeves admitted killing the Chapels, but denied it was murder, blaming post-traumatic stress disorder. But the jury took just five hours to convict him. Police say it was one of the most brutal attacks they've ever seen. Colin Reeves uh, was fully in control of his actions on the night of the 21st of November when he went round to Jennifer and Stephen's house and, and decided that he was going to kill them. The families of the chapels said, no verdict will bring back our beautiful Jennifer and Stephen. We will now focus on Jennifer and Stephen's beautiful boys, helping them to live the life that Jennifer and Stephen would have wished for them. Reeves will be sentenced next week for the murder of a young couple whose children now face life without them. Becky Johnson, Sky News at Bristol Crown Court. Four days later in the same courtroom, Reeves returned to the dock, escorted by prison guards to receive his sentence. Before Judge Garnham gave his sentencing remarks, the families of Jennifer and Stephen had the opportunity to provide impact statements. Six statements were read to the court, each as heartbreaking as the next. They appealed directly to the judge to keep Colin Reeves behind bars, to never allow him to cause another family the pain and grief they were now living. Stephen's sister, who is now bringing up Jennifer and Stephen's two young sons, wrote how she is desperately trying to remain strong for them. The family decided to tell the boys what had happened, so they understood why their mom and dad had suddenly disappeared. Jennifer's sister expressed how she now feels frightened in her own home and scared to be out walking on her own. Two families have been left devastated and utterly heartbroken by the actions of Colin Reeves. For two young boys especially, they will now grow up without the parents who adored them. The judge told Reeves his attack on the couple was unjustified and unprovoked, causing lifelong harms to their two young children, who had now been left orphans. Colin Reeves was given a life sentence to serve a minimum of 38 years. It is unlikely he will ever be released from prison. Sometimes humans act on impulse. A snap decision fueled by heavy emotions that prompt action they might regret afterwards. Sometimes it's the reverse. A carefully thought out plan is engineered, nurtured, and then activated, following each step methodically. The actions of Colin Reeves were sudden and snap decisions to arm himself and force his way into the home of his neighbors. Before they had any time to react, he exploded in a frenzied rage, raining down deadly blows with a dagger clenched in his hand. Your home is supposed to be your sanctuary, comfortable and safe. To be invaded and attacked in this way is truly terrifying. Colin Reeves is a troubled man who chose not to seek help when his mind began to fracture and his emotions were becoming overwhelming. The outcome was the violent and traumatic loss of two beautiful lives. 
Their futures were snatched from them in the cruelest of ways. A lifetime in prison for the man responsible as justice for Jennifer and Stephen. Their families and two young sons will continue to keep their memories alive and ensure their lives are never forgotten. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.